Stand with me to honor and respect the Word of God. 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. The word straight right there is too small. Too small for us. Let us grow, we pray. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I'll go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried, and he said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. He's saying, Oh, no, master, I've lost the axe head, and it was borrowed. It's not even mine. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore, he said, take, take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took him. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's already anointed. God, it's anointed. It speaks to us, Lord. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, God. I thank you, Lord, you've given us this word today. And I ask you, Lord, to open our minds and our eyes of understanding, our ears to hear what you would have to say to us today. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind the cross. Lord, anoint your servant. Lord, let me say the words you want me to say. Let me speak what you would speak if you was here today, God, in a living person, Lord, in a human being. I ask you, Lord, let me have the words to say. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. The children can be dismissed to Children's Church. You want to meet Pastor Kirk back here in the middle? He will take you back there. Hallelujah. Today, I want to speak for just a few minutes about being greater and being sharper. Greater and sharper is what we've got to become. I've got a couple of quotes I wanted to read to you. In the end... It is important to remember that we cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. Max Dupree is a writer, and that's what he wrote. Another writer, Ron Osborne, said this, Unless you do something beyond what you've already mastered, you will never grow. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. In this morning's text, we're going to see a man who got a revelation of how serious it was to be limited and to lose your only way to grow. There was only one way to do it, and he lost that way. We have to recognize sometimes in our own life the smallness of our spirituality. We serve a great God. We serve a great God with untapped power and authority that he's given his children. We had to realize the smallness that we are in him. Everybody understand what I'm saying? We have to understand who God is. We have to understand the power that God's given us and how little we've tapped into. We've had some awesome services recently. How little have we tapped into that God wants to do right here in this church and in this community? The first verse of this text, we find what must become our anthem and our heart's cry in our church and in our own life. 
Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. What he's really saying here is the place where we're staying is too small for us. I'm not talking about a location here today, and that's what the scripture was talking about, a location. They grew so much that it was too small for them. I'm talking about spiritually, it's too small for us. We're not living in the overflow like we need to be living in the overflow. We're getting a little sprinkle here and there. When it begins to rain, a lot of times we get a little mist come down first before the drops, before the flood just comes and hits us. That's what we're getting right now. We're not getting the flood that God's wanting us to get. And what he's given us right now is awesome. It's awesome. It's been great. Souls being saved. Believers being filled with the Holy Ghost. It's been awesome. The Spirit of God in here has been awesome. It's just a little bit of what he wants to do for us. Just a little bit. We haven't scratched the surface. I'm getting way ahead of myself in all this. But I just, it's burning in me today. The word apathy means a lack of interest, a lack of enthusiasm, or a lack of concern. How many has ever known an ap- apathetic Christian? Lack of interest, lack of enthusiasm, lack of concern. Mm. That don't even sound right, an apathetic Christian. That, what do they call that when it's opposites? I guess that's what it is, opposites. Apathy is a force which tries to, it, it tries to seep into churches. It does. It tries to steep. Brother Mike, I just looked at you and remember what we talked about before church. He told me, he said, that green light on that microphone, he said, does that have to be, I have to have that on. Be turned, I'm trying to keep it turned this way so don't distract anyone. Apathy is a force which tries to seep into churches and make us comfortable complacent and satisfied I'm saved I can come to church just sit here and I feel the I feel the spirit moving here it's good I, I like coming to that I like feeling that we don't need to become satisfied with just a little bit we've got to keep pressing on going from glory to glory to glory. We wouldn't be the first church or group of people that would give in to this sickness. It happens all over the country. It's happening all over churches in America today. I'm not saying we're a perfect church and it's not happening here. It's happened here before too. We're human beings. We let things creep upon us. We don't intend for them to happen, but they happen. We get satisfied. We get comfortable with the way God is doing things. Things are good right here. We're just going along just great. But God wants so much more for his people. To see that overflow, to make us the hub of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, he wants to do more and more and more in each and every one of us. The cry that came from this young man must have become, must become a constant daily, weekly cry from us. It should be our cry individually. It should be our cry corporately as a church body. The sons of the prophet made the statement that was literal for them but must become a spiritual statement for us. They approached Elijah and said, the place where we're living is too limited for us. It's too small for us. We can't do it anymore. We've got to have more. How many has ever come to that point? God, I can't do it anymore. I've got to have more. I've got to have more. Glory, glory. 
This statement has implications for us as a church and in our personal life. The place where some of us have been living spiritually is too limited. It's too limited. Well, Drew, you know, I was raised Catholic. I, I was raised Nazarene. I was raised Baptist. We don't act crazy like you do. Guess what? I come from the Church of Christ. God thought it was funny. My family coming from the Church of Christ. So he gave us talent to play music. Wasn't that hilarious? Glory. We can't be limited when it comes to spiritual things. This church, TFT, is past the point of return. We've already tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good. We're past the point of return. I remember a story, and I can't remember it all in details. I didn't write it down. It just come to me about an explorer coming over to the Americas. And he got here with his ship, and, and then after a while being here, then his, his crew wanted to take off. I think it was Cortez. I'm not sure. But anyway, he wanted, the, the crew wanted to take off. So what did he do? He ordered, burn the ships. Burn the ships. There's, we're not going anywhere. We're staying right in God's presence. We're not going anywhere. We're not going back to our old life. We're living right here in the now. We're living right here in the overflow, and we want more, God. We're not complacent. We're not, we're not settled. We're not satisfied. God, we want more. We want more. We've been praying for crazy God-sized prayers that most people think just, that's only in the Bible. That can't happen again. That can't happen again. That's, that's in the Bible. But yeah, we, we believe this word. We believe that the scripture has been saved for us and been preserved for us. But you know what? Them miracles, I haven't seen anybody come out of the tomb lately. I haven't seen a leopard cleanse lately. I heard a sermon yesterday talking about a leopard being cleansed. Captain of the army. But it wasn't happening the way he wanted it to happen. But a servant girl told him, go to the man of God. Go to the man of God. You can be healed. It was a good thing he listened to that servant. It didn't come in the package he thought it should come to He's a mighty warrior. He's a mighty man in the army. You know, I've got great things here. Why would I be listening to your advice? You don't mean anything. You're below me. But he paid attention. Naaman paid attention. What's God to do to him again? Well, I see this all over. God is just, and I see it in our everyday life. Sends him to this, uh, the man of God. And what's the man of God do? Send another servant to him. He's on the couch eating potatoes, watching direct TV, sends his servant out to talk to Naaman. Time to go wash seven times. Once again, he's thinking, this is below me. Why do you even send a servant out to me? What's going on here? This don't make sense. I'm high and mighty. And then one of his servants, a third servant, tells him, if he had asked you to do great things, you'd have went and done great things. He asked you to do something simple. It's a lesson that needs to be learned here. If we want to move a God, we need better be listening for God. And he's going to show up sometimes when we don't expect him. He showed up in a package I never expected. He shows up in your life in ways that you never expect. You have to recognize the hand of God. I was telling a sister over here today, walking towards that door. I had it in a sermon a few weeks ago. You walk towards the door that God has you leading to. He's leading you to. And when you get to that door, it's just like a Walmart or a Target. The sensor sees you, and then the door just wide open. It 
comes open and lets you walk right in. God does the same thing. Keep walking toward the door that God's got for us. And that's what we're doing here. We keep on walking. We're wanting more and more. God, we keep on walking to that door. And when that explosion happens, them doors are going to fly open. We're not going to have to kick them down. They're going to fly open for us because that's what God has for us. We got to get greater and sharper in the spirit. I want to tell you right now in your Bible, Hebrews 13 says this in my Bible, it's in your Bible. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God did it once, it means he'll do it again. If he's blessed his people before, it means he's going to bless us again. If he poured out his spirit before on the day of Pentecost, that means he's going to pour his spirit out on us. If he saved and filled people with the Holy Ghost two Sundays ago, he'll do it again this Sunday. Hallelujah. We have to grow spiritually and guard our hearts from apathy, from being satisfied, from comfortable to realizing God wants more. God wants us to do more. It's not just so we can have bigger shouting services. It's just so we can have a longer uh, 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 a march around uh, Jericho walls here. That, that's not what it's about. God wants us to grow spiritually. And the deeper, the deeper we go, them things are going to manifest itself. Somebody told me the other day, and I, I was having a conversation with them. I said, when the church grows spiritually, then the church will grow numerically. The church will grow financially. The church will grow in all the other ways it needs to grow. But we have to start with spiritually. We have to grow spiritually and guard our hearts from apathy. Most Americans spend about two minutes in prayer each day. Too little time in the house of God and too little time in the word of God. They think that fasting one meal occasionally will bring them breakthrough in the areas of their life. Well, God, I obeyed the word. I prayed. Well, sure, it was only two minutes, but I prayed. I've got a plaque on my wall, and it's a scripture, so I read the word. I fasted simply because I was late for work, and I wasn't able to get breakfast. So, God, why are you not helping me? I used to do that all the time growing up. I'd miss a meal for something. I was like, okay, God, just put chocolate up to me fasting today. No. No, I, I, I say some things to God, and I'm thinking, he's saying, Drew, you are so silly. What I just blame mom and dad. That's, it's all their fault. No. Oh, my. It's time to realize that we, that the place where we've been living, where we've been abiding and spending our time is too small. In the spiritual world, we're not, we're not talking about this facility. We're not talking about Greenbrier. We're talking about in our spirit, man. We've been limiting ourselves. It's not the devil. Half the time, the devil doesn't even have to do the work. We're doing it for him. We have the power in us. I mentioned a minute, we have the power in us, but yet it's just sitting there. We're not using it. I am so glad for nail guns. I can't imagine having a nail gun sitting in my truck and I'm out there beating with a hammer over and over and over, roofing a house when my nail gun is sitting right there. I can just go, pop, 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 pop. That's the way we are. We have that spiritual nail gun in our truck. We're not using it. We're still beating our head against the wall, trying to drive a nail in with our forehead. Gone are the days of so-called normal services. This church family, this congregation, this group of saints are hungry for an outpouring of biblical proportions. It's not by might nor by our power, but by 
God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But we have to be able to identify the size of the place that we're spiritually occupying. We have to realize where we're at. I'm not getting on to somebody. I'm not getting, coming down on you. We're all included. We're all family. I'm talking about the same family of God. We get to these points in our life. It may be me today, Brother Mike tomorrow, Sister Shirley the next. We had to come together in unity to make sure that apathy is not taking hold of us, that we're going from glory to glory. God has greater things, and what we're doing right now is still too small. We're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do. Our expectations are too small. Months ago, when we started praying some of these miraculous prayers, Sister Metz came up to me and said, you're asking for war. I said, bring it on. Bring it on. We've had car accident. Somebody else had a car accident. We've had health. We're having health. We have this. We have that going on. Bring it on, devil, because in a war, you're going to get hit. When I boxed, I love boxing. I love hitting people and bloody in their nose. But guess what? After they hit me one time, I, had a, I was inflicted with something. I was hit with something. It hurt, but I kept fighting. It made me stronger, made me madder, made me meaner. I'm not saying get mad and mean and hit somebody, okay? What I'm saying, realize who your adversary is. It's not the person sitting by you. It's not the person sitting in this church. It's the enemy of your soul trying to take you to hell. Whether it's through bitterness, whether it's through uh, just out, outright sin. Guess what? The devil doesn't tempt me to kill people. He doesn't. Why? Why didn't he tempt me with that? Brother Mike, he knows I'm not going to go kill somebody. Hey, I'm not even tempted to go rob a bank. Can you believe that? Not even tempted. No, the devil likes to come in subtly. He wants me to talk about Brother Mike. I really don't like that blue shirt he's wearing today. Really don't like that gray goatee he has. Oh, wait a minute. Right? That's the way he wants to come at us, to get us in the wrong spirit, the wrong thing. I'm getting off my lesson. Lord, help me. We have to recognize where we're living and it's too small. It's too small for what God wants us to do. When we're not prepared to pray for people who have needs, you're living in a place that's too small for you. When we don't expect to be tested in our Christianity, things coming against us, I don't know why this is happening. You're in too small of a place. God's trying to take you up higher. When we're concentrating on our own needs and not the needs of others, you're living in too small of a place. When we're worried about building our own kingdom and not the kingdom of God, we're living in too small of a place. What does the word tell us? The word says that we are commissioned to grow and to mature, move from glory to glory. She didn't even know my notes, and it's in my notes. Precept to precept, to move from milk to the meat, to press onward and upward. We were never called to grow comfortable, stagnant, stationary, or become a statue. We're told to expand. We're told to expand, lengthen the lines. First Chronicles 4 and 10 says, And Jabez called on God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. A lot of us are ashamed to do it. God, well, I don't really want to come to you. Just, well, can you give me just a little extra money for this? Will you bless me? This is a bold prayer right here, folks. God, would you bless me indeed? And every blessing we're asking for needs to come from God. Don't look to man. I heard a statement. I actually love it. 
Man makes terrible gods. Women make terrible gods, and men make terrible gods. Terrible gods. He goes on to say, enlarge my coast. And what he's talking about right there is, give me a greater vision. Give me a greater vision of the territory, God, you want me to have. I've got to open my eyes and see what you have for me, Father. And, and that thy hand might be with me. The hand of God, you've got to have the hand of God with you in everything you do. It's the only thing that's going to get you from glory to glory. And the last part of that says, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, and it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. I remember another scripture comes to my heart. We have not because we ask not. I'm asking for greater, bigger, sharper things in the Lord. I'm going to keep going. I'm on page four, folks, and this is a 10-pager, so you better pray. God, move quick. Sister Sheila told me, she said, hey, now if I had to get up early, she said, I'm going to work. I just want to let you know I'm not, not backing out on you. I, said, I appreciate that. Thank you. I know some of you like to stay with what you know best and what you grew up with. But we can't grow spiritually if we're not moving forward in God. You can't. I'm not talking about lowering our standards. I'm not saying that what I was taught as a kid is wrong or anything like that. I can't hang on to my mom and dad's skirt tails for a spiritual blessing from God, for a spiritual movement from God. They may be godly people to this day. I can't hang on to their salvation. I can't hang on to their Holy Ghost. I've got to experience it for myself. I've got to talk to Jehovah myself, my provider. He's got to provide for me, not my parents. And it's the same way in this church. When the spiritual things, we can't depend on what happened here in the past. Brother McEwen is a great man of God, but we can't hang on to him and help, have, help, have him help us to get to where we need to be. It's time for us to stand up for ourselves and go after God like we need to be spiritually in our lives. We can't grow spiritually if we stay in the same place and do the same things we've always done. I'm talking about chasing after God with greater fervency and obeying him when he speaks to us because God's a God of new things. What happened to Moses? I was reading something the other day and I asked the question, why did Moses not go into the promised land? I was asking these questions, and Cardin actually was awesome at this. I was giving him Bible questions. One reason, disobedience. Disobedience. Anybody remember the story? He's leading the Israelites. They need water. They're crying, complaining. We're just like the Israelites. I know my three boys are. Just like the Israelites, crying and complaining all the time. I'm hungry. They're hungry all the time. If you have three boys, God has already given you a burden. You need prayer. And, no, I'm just kidding. They're, they're great kids. But they're complaining. They need some water. So what's, what's God tell him? Take the stick. Hit the rock. Water's going to come out of it. He does it. Goes along again. And now they're complaining again. We're thirsty again. We just come back from Nashville. We were over there for family reunion. Every time uh, we, we have TV in our car and we let Cardin watch TVs because it's a whole lot easier riding five and a half hours with him occupied than him sitting there, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad. And so he's watching it. But just as soon as that movie ends, dad, I'm thirsty. When are we going to stop? He's not paid attention to the whole trip. We're seeing beautiful country. Nothing. Dad, when are we stopping eating again? When, when? He was an Israelite this weekend. Thirsty. What's God tell Moses? Speak to the rock. 
speak to the rock. This is Moses. Moses, why are you not listening to God? He said, speak to the rock. What's he do? No. I got a stick. I've did this before. I'm going to do it again. He goes up and hits the rock. Disobedience to God. You know why God wanted him to hit the rock? And this is what I believe. And I don't, I don't know if there's any biblical proof to this or not. This is Drew's belief. God wants us to trust him in whatever we're doing. If we get to trust in man, and you know what? I can come in here. We'll have an awesome service. We'll sing three songs. I'll preach the fire down. And it's all about me. I found the way. I found the key. I can do things in my own self. God wants us to lean on him. He wants us to have faith in him. So God tricked him. Not tricked him. Changed it up. You're not going to do it the same old way. Do it this way. There's no trick involved. Change it up. This time we're just going to speak to it. I'm going to show my power in another way. I'm going to do it differently. Moses, no. I know the way to do it. We're going to do it the same old way. Lord, help us. God, when you want to move and do things a different way, help us, Lord, to see you move and do things the way you want to do it. He doesn't want us to be in the same old rut, spinning our wheels. He doesn't want us to strike the rock again. He may just want us to speak to the rock. We can never take it to the next level spiritually if we continue to stay in the small place that we're in. We must come to the place where we realize where we're living is too small. God wants more for us, and there's room to grow in each and every one of us. If we try to live in too small of a place, guess what? It'll cause us to die. It'll cause us to die. Take plants. You can take whatever you want to talk about. Put it in too small of a place. It's going to die. We have to be greater and sharper spiritually. You may think we have everything we need. We got the right friends, the right job, the right materials. We have a great location for our church. We have a great facility. But unless we can live in a place where we can grow, we're destined to die spiritually. We have to grow spiritually. It doesn't matter about all these other things. They're great. They're blessings of the Lord. I'm, I'm recognizing them things. I'm talking about us personally. We have to grow spiritually. What we're living in right now is too small of anointing, too small of blessings, too small of a fire inside of us to reach our community. We have to grow spiritually. God is greater than our imagination. I just added that this morning, and I just thought, that's really good. I can imagine some crazy wild things, and God's even bigger than that. He's crazier than that. He's bigger and greater than that. It's like, yeah, you're, you're thinking about that. I'm thinking about even higher stuff. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. On a personal level, I'm calling for each and every one of us to stand up and proclaim. Just say, excuse me. Sister Shirley, I need to grow. Sister Star, I need to grow. Brother Steve, I need to grow. I need to grow. I need to get better spiritually. I need to get closer to God's. I refuse to die. I refuse to accept mediocrity. I refuse to stay like I have always been. I refuse to fight the same sin and temptation for the rest of my life. I refuse to be comfortable and just eat and go home. I refuse to stay in the small places. I need some room to grow. I'm going to get greater. I'm going to get sharper in my spirit. Our text, we see the distress of the woodsman. He lost the most important thing he had to work with, the axe head, the cutting edge. And I know all you Bible scholars out there, you've heard this sermon before. 
It's just put in a different way. Drew's saying it, so it has to be different for him to say it. The cutting edge. We have to have the cutting edge. This is a phrase that's often used in fashion, technology, scientific discoveries and application, the latest invention. We, we know this thing. They're on the cutting edge. I said it today to Brother Scotty, I believe. We were talking about Fox TV. I'm so old, I remember when Fox TV was invented. I wasn't happy with it. CBS was where it was at. CBS had the NFL, the NFC side of it, and that's where my team played. And so when Fox burst onto the scene, they started having these crazy shows. I'm like, this is the stupidest network ever. These guys are smoking marijuana while they're, they're planning their program guide. They're just, they, they, you don't know what's wrong with these people. But they went in, and they bid on a contract for the NFL. And it changed Fox forever. They spent a lot of money, but they went after something. They knew they were going to die. This is not even in my sermon, folks. But they knew they were going to die as an organization if they didn't make a big splash. They went all in. They went all in. Biggest NFL contract, television contract that it ever was. And then the critics come out and started making fun of them. Oh, boy. What, are we going to have Bart Simpson announcing the shows for us now, the football games? That was their claim. That was their TV show, The Simpsons. All these criticisms started coming at them. And then they were the first television station to invent these, um, what did I tell you, Brother Scott, what are them called them? Uh, sound effects. So when you see words on the television and then they go away, they slide away. Fox TV was the first one that went whoosh, 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 whoosh. You remember that? It's so natural to us now, we don't even think about it anymore. They're the first one to do it, and they got made fun of it over and over and over. As you know, they're one of the biggest networks going now. They're one of the greatest, for sports fans, they're the greatest network that's going. It's all because they decided they're going to go all in. They're going to go all in on this one contract. It changed the way. I don't watch their shows. I thought their shows were silly, you know, Simpsons and things like that. I thought... It's a cartoon show. They're trying to get kids that like cartoons to watch an adult show through a cartoon. I totally disagree. And now we see Fox News is probably the best news to watch to get the truth. My mic's dying, so when it's dying, the Lord's done, okay? It's red, Brother Mike. It's fixing to stop. cutting edge. They're the thinkers, the movers, the shakers, the entrepreneurs. I can't even say it. They make things happen. And spiritual things, it means being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. God, give us a cutting edge that we can feel your spirit. Lord, that we can be sensitive to your spirit when you're moving. Be attuned to God like David, a man after God's own heart. In the center of God's will, to be about the master's business. There's areas today where churches, where today's church has lost its cutting edge. And I'm not just talking about our local assembly. I'm talking about the church world. We've lost our cutting edge when we don't have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When we're full of God, our words have the power to convict. 
What are we supposed to be doing? The same thing Jesus was doing, seeking to save that which was lost. When Peter on the day of Pentecost, Pentecost spoke to the Israelites, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. This simply means they were stabbed or pierced through. Two-edged sword was cutting through. Peter spoke to the Sanhedrin. They were cut to the heart. That means they were sawn asunder, cut to the quick. And when Stephen confronted the Jewish leaders, they were cut to the heart. Again, sawn in two. It's obvious that these three examples, the anointing they had on them was the cutting edge with their words. Everybody knows our words. They have life. Our tongue has life and it has death in it. You can cut a kid to the heart. And I, I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm just going to be admit Each one of my boys at some point, I've cut them to the heart. I didn't mean to, but I said something and cut them to the heart. I could see their countenance change on their face when I'd cut them to the heart. No amount of apologies is ever going to take that away from me that I know I was wrong in the moments. And saying some things that I should have never said as a father. Knowing that feeling and knowing that the power of the Holy Ghost can speak through me. God, I want your word to come out of my mouth and be sharper than any two-edged sword. I want it to cut to the sinner's heart. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to cut through the saint's heart, Lord, that they know that we've got to line up with the word of God. Yes. We've got to remain. We have to retain our cutting edge. We're to be different than our culture. We're to be the salt and the light of the world. If the salt has lost its savor, it's no good for anything. But to be thrown out, that keen edge must be maintained. We are to be rebuking sin. We're to love the sinners. We're to love sinners, but rebuking the sin. There's a place for rebuking sin. There must be a confrontation. Two opposing kingdoms cannot coexist without confrontation. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word of God would do it if we'll speak it, if we'll have it in our heart, we'll hide it in our heart. God will change us. He will change us. He will grow us. We're in too small of a place spiritually. This is not a condemning message. This is not a Drew's getting on to the church message. This is a Drew trying to open our eyes and let us see God's wanting to do something greater than what we've seen. And we've seen some great things. I can't remember the last time I've seen eight people filled with the Holy Ghost in one service. I can't remember when four people come down and give their heart to God in one service. But God's just wanting to do more and more. We're scratching the surface of what he's wanting to do. We have to be sharp. We have to keep our sharpness. Glory. So what does the loss of a cutting edge have to do with our needing to grow? 
The point is, the young man was totally dependent on someone else's edge to remove the obstacles to his growth. His axe head was borrowed. His axe head was borrowed. We'd been depending on mama's, grandma's prayer long enough. And I'm so thankful for him. I am. I'm thankful. I, I got to know my grandparents on both sides and my great-grandmother on the foster side. I knew all the people, and they're all saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for who I come from and where I come from. But you know what? They're not with me anymore. They're not. God's with me. God's with me. I had to have the experience on my own. I can't depend on them. Yes, I, I look to their example, but I can't depend on them anymore for their prayers. Somebody said one time, well, God must be watching out for me. Or my mama must be praying for me that night. I read something yesterday. My mama must have been praying for me because I was in a car accident, head-on collision with the drunk driver. And I still lived. I know God has purpose for me. We can't keep depending on mama and grandma's prayer. It's been long enough we've been depending on that. We can't depend on the blessings from the past. God did great things in the past. Guess what? Two weeks ago was in the past. That was a great day in the Lord. But it's gone. It's over. It's time to move from glory to glory to glory. Hallelujah.